0: Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean-Wiley and Dan Hobart. All right, well, welcome to We Have Issues, a podcast for and about the city of Independence, Missouri. I'm Lori Dean-Wiley.
1: And I'm Dan Hobart.
0: And We Have Issues. Yes, we do. So, today's an exciting topic. Yes. Special election. Yes, dear. (laughs) Special election. So, uh, as I was uh, telling a couple of folks when I was kind of studying about special election, well, Dan, you might be surprised to know that I started reading the charter.
1: Congratulations.
0: Yes. I feel like it's a great feat because I would guess it's probably not something a lot of citizens have taken upon themselves to do.
1: Some do, surprisingly, and I highly encourage it. It's It can be a bit confusing, but overall it's written in pretty plain language.
0: Well, Article 6 of that charter is all about nominations and elections. And so today we find ourselves in the City of Independence needing to fill a vacancy at the at-large council member position. Right. Um, the charter provides for a special election to fill vacancies if it's more than 15 months before the next general election. And right. we found ourselves literally on the day that the new at-large member, Jared Fears, and our new mayor, Rolly Roland, were sworn in. Yep. So definitely um, met that. So on May 2nd, we had a council meeting. I believe we were both there, both present. <laughs> yeah, you well, you certainly. on the dais, uh, Me in the audience. And, yeah. um, you and your fellow councilmen passed Bill 22 035. And I won't do as great a job as Becky Barron's in reading this, but an ordinance authorizing the city clerk to do all things necessary for the holding of an election to fill a vacancy on the council for the council member at large establishing a primary election for august 2nd of 2022 and a general election on november 8th of 2022 providing that the primary election will become the general election if no no more than two candidates file for the petition was there an alternative to this ordinance passing i kind of think to myself what if it didn't pass what would have happened
1: you know so, if you went back and looked at the agendas uh, after Karen passed, we did have the final meeting with the old council, and this item that we passed could have could have come before the old council. Uh, as it stood, one of the old council members had filed a lawsuit regarding the uh, necessity. For an election and asking for relief that would have just handed him uh, a spot, that at-large spot, even though he lost the election. So, as a as a council behind the scenes, we thought, well, we can vote on this, but we have somebody on here that believes they don't. It doesn't need to happen. So, if it fails, then we're even that much farther
0: behind. Farther behind. Yeah.
1: And if we have a chance. Let's, let's pass it as soon as possible so that we can have our election in August as opposed to just automatically going to so far out to November and then February. So, uh, what, so if you say no, what happens? Well, it's a charter violation because the charter mandates a special election to fill an empty spot with the exception of the 15 months, at which point the council would appoint a person to fulfill the role. But having an election, uh, it's just a charter violation. What happens as a result of that? I have no idea. Somebody files suit. We've derelicted our duty. We have refused to follow the law. There's not a lot to enforce that, unfortunately. But uh, of course, at least enough of us luckily thought that it was important to follow the charter. Actually, I think we all voted unanimously on that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah. Um, you know, my mind just kind of goes there. It's it's like, well, the ordinance and the law says this, but what if we don't? And oftentimes in government, we find that sometimes the rules don't always apply. Would you mind without uh, violating anything that you would not feel comfortable doing? Where do we stand with that lawsuit with that council member?
1: Uh, I just heard a rumor that it was dismissed, which in my legal opinion, makes perfect sense because it never had merit to begin with. Okay. uh, As a lawyer. Yeah. So as far as I know, that's where it's going, which is nowhere.
0: Okay. Well, the ordinance that did pass included a timetable for activities leading up to the August 2nd special primary and the November 8th general election. So at the jump here. Two of the important items on that timetable have already been completed. One of the items on the timetable was when a candidate could pick up a packet and first day of filing, which was May 3rd. And then the other was the deadline to when a completed packet had to be submitted, which just passed was May 18th. My understanding is that 11 potential candidates picked up packets at the filing beginning, um, but as of the deadline, only five candidates actually turned in packets. Drawing from your own experience, Dan, can you share the things that you considered to pick up a packet, complete the qualifications, and become a candidate when you ran for District 4?
1: That could be a longer answer maybe than than is necessary, but I will say this. I. Uh, My parents, my dad specifically, my stepfather, um, is retired uh, from the Independence Police Department and he was coming, he and my mom were attending council meetings that summer in 2019 because the, their retiree health insurance had been cut from the budget that issue ultimately solved itself but they asked me to go with them so I started going with them and as soon as I did that, uh, I started looking up uh, the council members and what the situation was and trying to figure out how we got there just out of natural curiosity and when I learned about the history of the council member and that there were certain forces still sort of running the council, I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna bust into this. So I didn't decide until August to pick a packet up in September and didn't even talk to hardly anybody about it until I got my signatures. So it was a bit impulsive for me, but it was certainly last minute. Many people, you know, there's a thing where people say, well, you need to volunteer in town for five years or 10 years and we'll put you on a little committee and you go through these steps. I obviously skipped past a bunch of that. but, you know. You made it work. I, I, yeah. Yeah, ultimately, yeah.
0: So candidates, when there were 11, that picked up the packets down to five that submitted. It could have been a, various things, um, like they didn't get enough signatures, or oh, they yeah. didn't, ra- didn't were concerned about not having maybe the recognition to raise the funds.
1: People... As to why somebody picks up a packet, lots of different reasons. Sometimes it's just to be political, to throw somebody off. Sometimes it's to send a message. Sometimes it's because you want to run and you've never done it and you just want to see the packet. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna pick this packet up and I'm going to run, and you have the best intentions, and when you get into it and see the work, especially if you don't have somebody you can talk to about it, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's, it any person can do it. Any person can run for office and I encourage everyone always, I signed multiple petitions for people to get on this election. Uh, But if you don't have a resource to understand the process and the procedure and sort of the mechanisms of running, it, it would be extremely hard to compete.
0: So, were you confident? When you decided to run, were you confident? Yes, absolutely. So I'm gonna guess that maybe a lack of confidence plays into a little bit because could be. If somebody's willing to file, they do all the work. I mean, it's not easy. I've I often said I really admire anyone who decides to run. Sure. Um, but I'm curious, can you give me any further ideas or thoughts on why a candidate might do everything and then get up to the point where they decide don't
1: vote for me. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's probably more complex uh, when you get into it. Ultimately, though, someone would withdraw from a race or just say, don't vote for me because they've, they've come to some realization that either they don't, they, they, it softens the blow. I if, gotcha. If you get out in front of it, if you're going to lose, or you believe you're going to lose, uh, it's it's certainly a wise consideration to get out in front of that and say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to pull this off. And so, you know what, folks, I'm going to throw my support behind the next best person.
0: Okay. I think that's fair, and that's probably a astute uh, observation there. Yeah. So from the date of May 23rd, when someone who has filed can say, eh, yeah, I've decided not to run, uh, take me off the ballot to that August 2nd primary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What are some of the activities that the candidate would be doing? And what kind of advice could you give to our current citizens who maybe haven't voted in a while, don't really know what the can- who the candidates are, what the issues might be? Can you just, from a, somebody already sitting on a dais, thinking of that peer that would be next to you, But also, thinking about the gallery and the citizens that come, the kind of conversations or signs that they hold, you know, just their... Just kind of overall, what kind of activity should be happening before that primary and what kind of advice could you give to both the candidate and the citizen that's thinking about the vote?
1: So, from a citizen's perspective, it's easy it's also hard, Yeah. Uh, simple but hard, right? So as an elected official, as a citizen myself, my goal is to uh, get people to be involved in local issues. So what I would love to see from people is I would love to see, I would love to see participation. I'd love to see them come to forums. I would love to see them talk to the candidates. Uh, the the very least you can do is go on their Facebook pages or their uh, websites if they have them. Send them an email, call them. Just just pay attention and be involved and make the best decision for yourself. I would rather have I would rather have a hundred percent vote of all the people in town for somebody I I, I personally didn't want. Or, or, you know, as a, a I voter, didn't want yeah. that I didn't support, than to have 10% and get the person I wanted. I would much rather see participation and engagement. That's the, that's the only thing that sets us apart from non democratic uh, elections. Uh, elections or uh, forms of government. I mean, that freedom of voting, that's the last bastion, man. So, that's important. Uh, from a citizen's point of view pay attention and be involved the best you can make the best decision you can uh, from a from a a candidate perspective, there is literally one thing that a candidate needs to do and one thing only and that is go knock on doors. every person that lost the last election refused to do that everyone every person that won knocked on doors it's it it is not more complicated than that
0: so you've just given the Secret ingredient for that's winning an election. That's All it. Right.
1: Absolutely. If you're willing to go talk to 5,000 strangers, you can be an elected official in Independence.
0: Well, I would like to mention that July the 6th is the last day for citizens to register to vote in that primary. And I think that's to your point of just participate, get involved. And it made me think through the last few elections, our voter participation has been very low. Um, What are the kind of things that maybe are not being done, whether it's by the city, our city government, organizations, that we should be doing to raise voter participation?
1: They don't talk about participation. Okay. People don't talk about participation. They talk about issues. They talk about the, the, obviously, the fancy new thing in politics is be divisive, to be as uh, acerbic and, uh, you know, excitable and even aggressive or violent as you can to get attention, to get clicks, to get uh, headlines, to get noticed. Of course, that's a way to build a base because you will connect with people that have uh, similar feelings and beliefs. What, what a good, involved voter group will do, they will not just search for only those exact like-minded people, they will search for all people that want to be involved. That's why if you remember years ago in the 90s, uh, Clinton was pushing motor voter registration when if you got your driver's license, you're automatically
0: Allowed to vote.
1: Yep. Yeah. Registered to vote. And this is crucial because it takes a step out of it. If there's a lot of people that, hey, are you registered to vote? Well, I don't know. Or what does it take to get registered? I don't know. And it's just one more thing in an increasingly complex world that's a pain in the rear. People yeah. have to work. They have to work during the day. They have to work during the week. They can't go get registered to vote. So, you know, we need groups that help with that.
0: Okay. Might be something that some of the groups I'm involved in should absolutely put forward.
1: So, absolutely.
0: Um, so after the votes, we have an election, primary election on August 2nd. As of right now, we know that five candidates filed, maybe five names on that list. We don't know. Um, but we'll find out which two of the candidates have made it to the November 8th general election. How does the campaign trail change for the general election from that of the primary?
1: Well, it changes in a couple ways. One, the November election will be a massive election because of the the national vote, the midterms. So that brings out a lot of voters that don't vote in local elections. Uh, A lot of people vote only in national elections. And that changes your... I don't know if it, it doesn't change your work because literally you should really just, just keep be walking, <laughs> keep knocking on doors. Um, and people know, they do know that this is not a, a, a partisan job. Our job is not to do the things only for a conservative or only for a liberal person. Our job is to do things for literally every person. So it doesn't matter what how you registered if you want to get a permit to open a business or to get your sidewalk fixed. Um, that makes no difference. So people will say the messaging changes and you have to hit different groups. And there may be some small effect on a local election in that way. But again, get out and walk. Get That's out it. And walk. Meet everybody. You can.
0: Well, and I will remind um, everyone the last day to register to vote for that general election on November 8th is the date of October the 12th. Okay. So if you're kinda of looking at your calendar right now, I would put down July sixth. But if you miss that date, put down October twelfth and make sure you register to vote.
1: And if you wanna do your job as a citizen and you like this you're listening to this, one of the few dozens we have, then put it on Facebook. Send your email to your your email list people, you know, that you have from your work or your church or your Group.
0: Grassroots, grassroots to remind people to vote.
1: Get out and register to vote. Stick a link on there to maybe, maybe our podcast overlord can put a link to <laughs> the voter registration page in Jackson County. Maybe he can put that in the notes or something for us. But
0: I, I bet he could. Yeah. And you know what? Just thanks for for bringing him up. I'm just going to publicly thank Tom Lesnick for being our producer and just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to putting a podcast together. So, woohoo, Tom Lesnick All right. There is also one concern that comes to mind when I think about special election. Um, How much does it cost the city? And when I looked into this, either through the charter or just talking to our city clerk, um, according to her, the election board invoices the city for the city's proportionate share of the actual costs associated with the election. Yeah. So... We don't plan on this. We don't plan on a special election. Correct. The money's got to come from somewhere. So, what are your thoughts just on that, related to cost and the budget, and getting a really almost a blank check invoice um, for a special election?
1: I believe the election, the special election we had last November for the change in the police tax, tax. Mm-hmm. and also the increase in the fire tax. I believe that election cost us $188,000. That's the number that's sticking in my head.
0: Okay. Sounds fair.
1: I think it's fairly, it's in the ballpark if I've missed it by a bit. So here's the thing. It's a cost of doing business and Absolutely. you just have to pay it when you need to pay it. There's, there's. That's just one of those things that's uh Part of being in government and democratic process and all that. So, how do you budget? I know what happens is Becky puts an item. Uh, Rebecca Barron's a city clerk. She puts an item on the uh, agenda to to pay for it. And the as far as I know, we 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 weren't consulted on where that money came from last time. So right. I honestly couldn't tell you. I never even asked, and I should have probably. Uh, She puts an item on there for the city council to pay it and then it gets paid. It's one of these magic things that gets paid. I'm guessing the city manager finds a fund that hasn't used all their budgeted funds and pays for it out of that. Uh, In this case, when it's directly for a tax, I imagine that tax funds or budgeted items from those departments could pay for it, I would imagine. but.
0: might be a question for an answer for a later period when we're actually yeah. through the budget and we get that invoice.
1: Yeah. Oh. And then you're going to ask the question. And we can talk the about question, the invoice. I will, and I, we'll come back and come tell you. From. Yeah. That's right. We'll say <laughs> these elections cost this much, and this is who paid the bill. Yeah. There you go. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. That's...
0: I think that would be great It would. information because I do know um, important to all citizens always is, it is how are we paying our bills.
1: That's right. It okay. is.
0: So... Um, So that's a brief overview of the special election for 2022 that's gonna happen in independence for the at-large candidate to fill the at-large vacancy. um, We're excited because we will have a new face, we believe on the dais. Um, What are a few things you would like citizens to consider um, for that new council? Um, whether it's just be patient with us, etc., And then what would you hope the newly elected at-large council member would bring to the dais? Is there something missing? Is there um, a viewpoint? Is there just something as, as a peer?
1: We need a worker.
0: A worker. What
1: do you uh, mean by that? So, and that's what people need to, that's what I want for my city council
0: somebody who's in it, working, working about taxes. Do the work, taxes. do the work. Okay.
1: Show up, do your homework, read the pages, ask questions. All this work needs to be done during the week and during the weeks before meeting. Uh, Karen DeLucci certainly showed me that, not that I don't know about work. Being a lawyer, you have to be prepared. So I'm used to this. But Karen DeLucci, literally every single page She would call every single director. She would talk to every single person that had some interest in that thing to make sure she understood why they're doing it, what it is, how much it really costs, where the money's coming from. Um, That level of detail, I don't expect. Uh, She was exceptional in that. She was one of a kind. I doubt any other council member's ever done it as thoroughly as she has, probably never will. But even if you did a, a 25% of what she did, that's good work. And we have to have people that are willing to work and want good government. That's it. the The way things are in elections these days, that, that that we they've split us right. They've split us into these two groups. And you try to keep your optimism on one hand, and then on the other hand, you want to complain about how bad it is. Well, both sides are right. Yes. Right. So it just depends on which way you want to come at it. Do you want to just sit around and talk about how bad everything is? Or do you want to sit around and say, you know what reality is? There are some things that could be better. So I'm going to go ahead and take the things that can be better and, and build those up and do what I can. It's, it's, it, it's the age-old thing, man. Glass half full. You know, pick your, pick your, uh, your cliché. It's, you know, sunny side up. How are you going to approach life? How are you going to approach the council?
0: Well, you mentioned two things. One of them is at our very first podcast, we talked about why we were doing this, and it's an overall whether it's perceived or real lack of faith or trust in government. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is really about you said the word good government. So can you kind of expound on both of those as we think about adding a member to the city council? Well, sure.
1: So the trust issue is simple. The citizens of this city have been abused for decades by leadership. They've been lied to and stolen from and taken from and neglected and forgotten. And that is exactly the reason I'm on the council today, uh, for all those reasons, because it also happened to me. The uh, second part of that, about uh, how does that uh, affect a new council member? Yeah. Uh, don't do those things. Okay.
0: <laughs> so we've heard another big tip, way to success. Yes. All right.
1: Keep your hands in your pocket. Don't ask developers for handouts. Okay. Don't take uh, campaign contributions from people doing business in the city. Don't buy property next to projects you think are gonna happen. It's really very simple. Uh, to not try to exploit your position for money and personal gain. Don't do that. You will not find a piece of property I own next to Cargo Largo or North Point or uh, in, in any of it. You know, that's inappropriate. It's unethical. It's, uh, it's the same as insider trading if you're-
0: At the federal government? At the federal government,
1: yeah. It's the same. So So don't do it. So good
0: government is not doing those things.
1: Yes, it's not about like picking, good government is flying the LGBTQ flag. And good government is uh, making things uh, free for one group and expensive for another. Good government does not mean doing what I want. That's not good government. In fact, good government needs different sides that can have hard discussions and can disagree. Good government is that. Good government is also not stealing from the people. Amen. Right.
0: I think that's a great place to end. I'll just remind everyone, get out and vote for your city, for your city council at large vacancy. And quite frankly, cont- continue to come to meetings, continue to ask questions, continue to um, raise Polite or what we'd like to call civil disagreements, right? Yeah um, Because that is how we will improve the trust between government and citizens. It's how we'll um, soften that chasm between sides and Local government was never supposed to be about I think you always say the DNR you know the Democrat and the Republican it's supposed to be about what is best for the majority of people who can you help how can you help the most and i know from knowing you now a bit that you vote from that conscious conscience every time so i just want to thank you for your service and truly i applaud and thank those that are running in this special election it's never easy to raise your hand and say i'm willing to do it i'm willing to try And uh, I just encourage all of our citizens, study the candidates, make your vote count. Yeah. So for another week, we've had issues. We continue to have some issues. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley.
1: And I'm Dan Hobart.
0: Join us again next week because we have
1: issues.